rather than trying to change everything, we're trying to change a thing. You know, in the context of exercise, I read once that, you know, the best exercise regime for you is the one you'll actually do. It's like the intention around, you know, this podcast in general, which is the best process, the best commitment to reduce your carbon footprint is in the end the one that you'll actually do. It's far better than the bigger impact one that you don't quite get around to doing. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community, undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Michael leads a busy schedule, and that led his one-month commitment to do a habit turn into a five-month one. So this became a really long-term change. And he wrote the book on long-term change. So you're going to hear some deep experience descriptions of how to take on habits from someone who's taken on many habits. And in this case, inadvertently took on a five-month one when he's expected to take on a one-month one. So if you care about habits, this will inform your habit formation. I think that's a big part of leadership. Also, at one point, he calls the conventional wisdom on habit formation, in his word, bollocks. So internally, I cringed when he said that. But actually, when he explained it, it made a lot more sense. And I think of myself as someone who's pretty good at picking up habits, what with the 100,000 burpees and the 3,000 blog posts and all the cold showers and so forth. So listen on and hear more about habit formation and Michael's experience with his. Welcome to the Leadership and the Environment podcast. It's Josh. I'm here with Michael. How are you doing? Good, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And this has been a tease because the last time we spoke was September, October. Exactly. And you were talking about um, tragedy of the commons. It's a big challenge that capitalism has not been able to solve. Maybe you've gotten it. (laughs) I have solved it now. Maybe you forgot about it. (laughs) No, no, I've been busy. I've I've solved the tragedy of the commons over the last three months. No, not really. (laughs) You should publish. (laughs) And then there's also uh, 100 Mile Food, which I'm really curious. After that, I was like, You've thought about this. You you had a term that I it obviously made, it made sense as soon as you said it. I'm really curious how things have worked out. Uh, so I haven't solved the tragedy of the commons. <laughs> oh well, talk to you later. <laughs> probably probably nobody was holding their breath around. Maybe he's figured that one out. So my wife and I have been playing around with how to eat differently. And um, you know, as I think I said in the previous episode, the you know, first half, if you like, of the podcast. You know, we've had times in our lives where we've been vegetarian. We were vegetarian for quite a long time. Then we were pescatorian, so we added fish to the diet. Then I had a bacon sandwich, and then that's the gateway drug, of course. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, bacon's not really a meat. <laughs> and then uh, a while ago, I mean, years and years ago, we went out. We went to our steakhouse together for the first time. We've been a couple for. And 15 years, maybe longer, and we never sat down and eaten steak together. And we both went, oh, my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> and so we didn't cook meat at home, but when we went out, kind of meat was a consideration on, on the menu. Mm-hmm. And um, 
partly inspired by the podcast, partly by the fact that, you know, the, the new year came and went and that's always a moment for what am I doing and what do I want to be when I grow up? We've, we've not eliminated meat from our diet, but we've significantly decreased meat from our diet mm-hmm. because it had it moved from being an occasional treat to a pretty regular treat. Now that's, I failed to follow up on the hundred mile food thing. I mean, I think that that is an interesting idea and I'm in my people who pull that off, but I'm not able to do that in part, Josh, just because I'm also in the midst of a travel jag where I'm on the road a lot. So the capacity to stop and go, all right, so here I am in Dallas. How do I source hundred mile Dallas food when I'm in Dallas or mm-hmm. wherever? Just too logistically tricky for me to manage. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I'm curious about the meat then. When you and your wife started, I just want to get the context here. When you said that you guys were out got, getting steak and you started having meat out, how long ago was that? I mean, how long have you been in the, that pattern? So let's say that we'd, we'd spend the first five years together as a couple as vegetarians, and then the next 10 years as pescatorians, fish, fish and vegetables, and then the next 10 years as meat eaters and increasingly eating more rather than less meat. Okay, so that's a total of 25 years? Yep. Oh, congratulations. That's a long time. It is a long time. It's a remarkably long time. We're both, we're both very surprised how people as young as us could have been in a relationship for 25 years. But Yeah, you look like you're 25. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Exactly. It's, it's a combination of voodoo and sacrificing small animals is what allows me to get there. Well, <laughs> I hope that what, what's happened now is, has augmented and, and added to it, not like led to any strife. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute of how it's changed the interaction if it has. So, so it's been 10 years that you guys have been doing meat. So it's a big change. I mean, it's a long time pattern that, that you're, that you're changing. Was it, were you thinking about that before? Or was this, did this prompt new thoughts entirely? Or was it kind of like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe now's the time. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it feels less of a big change, just more of a realization of scope creep. You know, you know, the concept of scope creep, mm-hmm. which is, you give, uh, you start a project and you're like, I'm trying to achieve this. And then a little bit into the project, somebody goes, why don't we try and do this as well? And you're like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. We should. And then you try and do the, and before you know it, the, the contained thing you're trying to do is much larger and messier and kind of uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Let's say that over those last 10 years, we had a bit of scope creep around what our standards were about what, how often and when, where we ate meat. So in some ways you could look at it as back, back, going back to the original specs around, you know, we eat meat less than once a week, more than once a month. And it's a treat rather than, uh, oh, this is the default thing. So if we go out to a restaurant, rather than me going, I'm in a restaurant, so it's steak time, which is, you know, what it turned into. That was the creep. The- yeah, that's the creep. Now oh. it's, I'm in a restaurant, so what are my fish options and what are my vegetarian options? And then occasionally we'll go, you know what? They have lamb chops and I love lamb chops because I'm Australian and I grew up on lamb chops. So I don't get to see them that often. And of course, we don't cook them. I'm going to have lamb chops as my monthly meat treat. Mm -hmm. So it's like now you're returning to it being a conscious choice based on the values that you intend rather than just what's easiest. Exactly. This is in micro a microcosm of this is it. Like this is what's going on. Right. All right. So how did it play out in detail? Are there any stories of, of how you're out and you're like, how did it actually happen? 
honestly, it was my wife and I were together over over the Christmas break. And, you know, I think it was me, but it might have been her. We sort of said, so how are you feeling about how much meat we're eating these days? And she goes, yeah, probably I'm eating too much. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling like that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> what should we do about that? And I'm like, do we want to do we want to go vegetarian? And we're both like, not really. Mm-hmm. How about pescatorian? We're like, well, we both love fish. She cooks fish beautifully. I cook it okay <laughs> some of the time. Uh-huh. She's from the east coast of Canada, so there's a kind of fish eating culture there. So we're like, that could be good. And I'm like, but you know what? There are times where just having a lamb chop or a piece of steak or sometimes a burger is the thing, (laughs) you know, that's the thing that makes you happy in that moment. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just, it wasn't really, didn't feel like a big deal. It was just to your point, a kind of mindfulness moment where let's make an active declaration about what our values would say around how often we want to eat meat. And then let's try and find an agreement around, let's do it like that. Is it fair to say that this is, so you're, you're living by your values more? Uh, so I'm hesitating because I'm like, well, what value would I associate this decision with? And it's just, it's a combination of potentially values. Marcella is much more than I am uh, influenced by animal welfare. Mm-hmm. It's also just a health issue. So if like one of my values is to try and live a healthy life, you know, and I work out and I exercise and I play soccer and the like, well, there's just plenty of information that says, you know, if you eat too much red meat, you die earlier. Uh (laughs) So, yeah, so it's kind of influenced by values, but also just the practicality of this is how you live a better life, a healthier life. You're mindful about how you eat. So it's it's healthy and deliberate, conscious, not mindless, but mindful. Yes. And it sounds like, you know, when I talked to Dan Pink, he, he t- took on a similar thing. And one of the things that came out of it was the, the story was that there wasn't much of a story. It was pretty easy to do. It was not that big of a deal. And I feel like maybe that's your story as well. It's not that big. It's like, could have done it earlier. I think what you're saying is Dan Pink and I are both equally underwhelming. Yes, <laughs> which is fine because he's a, he's a cool guy. I think part of it is around, I don't know what Dan is taking on or what his challenge was, but there's a lot less meat. It almost went to zero. He didn't, int- I think it wasn't, he was going to go to zero, but it was close to zero of eating meat. Right. Yeah. You know, some of it, and this is just good habit building science, which you'll know about and lots of your listeners will know about it as well, which is don't try and take on too much at once. You know, sometimes you can get to that. Let's say, because you know, it's relatively soon after the new year, you get to the old, right. Amazing. I'm going to eat, give up meat. I'm going to exercise twice a day. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to write to my mother and say <laughs> I love her every week. I'm going to call her every day. I'm going to tell my brothers I love them. I'm going to talk to my wife. I'm, I'm, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I would appreciate them and nourish <laughs> them as the parent I want to be. But you know, you're like, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to write another book. I'm going to, I'm going to take up boxing. I'm going to appear in you know, everything. And of course, it just crushes you. And you know, in this case, rather than trying to change everything, we're trying to change a thing. You know, in the context of exercise, I read once that you know the best exercise regime for you is the one you'll actually do. Mm-hmm. And it's like the intention around you know this podcast in general, which is the best process, the best commitment to reduce your carbon footprint 
is in the end the one that you'll actually do. It's far better than the bigger impact one that you don't quite get around to doing. Mm -hmm. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So I feel like this is coming from, so your change here was you are experienced at taking on changes, at coaching other people through it, coaching yourself through it, at coaching people to coach others to do it. And I want to ask you something. A lot of people say like to pick up a new habit takes 27 days or something like that. Yep. I think that there are skills involved with picking up a habit that the more habits you pick up, the more skilled you are at picking up habits. And so after a while, if you're good at it, you can pick up a habit like right away. Yeah, I don't buy that. I've never had it framed like that. So, but here's what I know. So take it for what it's worth. First of all, that whole, you build a habit in 21 days is basically a load of old bollocks. Okay. The, Uh the, origin of that was actually a plastic surgeon who noticed that about three weeks after they somebody had had a nose job, they sort of get used to their new nose. They start, they stop seeing their nose as weird in the mirror. And somehow that got twisted to become, if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. So no scientific rigor to that. You know, the science that they've looked at and of course, so much of it depends on who you are and what your habit is and all of that sort of stuff. But if you had to put a number to the days it takes to make a new habit, it's closer to 64, something like that, 64 days practice. Uh-huh. I think what's absolutely true is that if you understand the science of habit building, the art and the science, it becomes easier for you to set yourself up for success. It becomes easier for you to get back on the path when you stumble and fall off the path. Because you're like, I know what's happening. Like I know, for instance, there's something called the hell, the hell whatever. The, no, what's it called? The what the hell effect. It sounds something like this. You're like, I'm going to eat easily. I'm, no, I'm going to eat healthily. Uh-huh. So you have a day where you eat healthily. You have a glass of water with some lemon juice in it for breakfast. You have a small piece of lean protein over salad for lunch. You have a, a piece of something or other for dinner with steamed vegetables At 8 o'clock, you have just one small spoon of ice cream from the fridge. At 8.15, you have another couple of spoons of ice cream. At 8.30, you go, well, screw it. I've had ice cream now. I may as well eat the entire tub of ice cream because Uh the day is lost. And that's called the the what-the-hell effect. If you know about it, you're like, oh, don't fall for that because, okay, you've had three spoons of ice cream, but stop now. Uh So I do think you're right that there's a way that if you understand the science of habit building, you can – more likely construct the the structure, you can more likely arrange the environment that will make it likely you'll stick to that. But there's still just some wiring that needs to happen in the brain, which it is just purely a question of time okay, I see. And, and repetition. Because if your old habits are kind of these neural pathways and connections in the brain, they're there. They never really go away. Once you've got them, you've got them. Mm. You've got to build the new pathway that is stronger so that when you do something, a new pathway with a better habit fires, and that's how the brain operates. Okay, so I see the pause That is a there. question of time. Okay, and practice rehearsal. Yeah. So 
in your case, you probably have, a, you know, a lot of the science, you know, a lot of the practice, the art. And so, a little, yeah. Okay. I'm also curious. I said, I want to come back to things with your wife. You made this a project together. A lot of times other people are a friction and it sounds like you made it not, a, you, you used the relationship to make it a, a thing together. How did the relationship evolve and change? How did it affect things? Did it or maybe it didn't? It didn't really. I mean, we've been a couple for 25 years. So we, you know, we know our patterns. We know how we work together. We know the things that we love about each other. We know the things that wind each other up about each other. There's still kind of uh, things you find out about your partner after 25 years where you're like, I was not expecting <laughs> you to say that or do that or what, the, who are you? <laughs> uh-huh. But for the most part, I'm like, I know who you are. So that didn't really, there wasn't any great surprises around that. You know, what we're now trying to do is to not collude with each other to fall off the wagon. Because there's a way you can go, look, I know we had steak on Tuesday and it's Friday today, but gosh, how do you feel about the steak tonight? And the other person goes, well, I know we shouldn't, but come on, because it's you and it's me, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of collude into to letting each other off. Yeah, I think the classic is when the waiter comes and says, would you like dessert? And one says, well, I'll split it with like that. Yeah. 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 Let's spread this around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't order it. You ordered it. So it's not really calories for me sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I, I really got it for you, but I'll have some of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing for us to keep, keep an eye out on is you know, how, how long do we keep this up before it, we slip in some way? And it wasn't an issue that we had, the, you and I had the conversation and then she didn't agree to things, but you, you knew what she was up for and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I could have said to her, let's do the hundred day food thing. I never did. And she'd have gone, wow, that sounds like a lot of logistics. So I'm happy for you, for us to take that on, but you're in charge of it. And I'm like, that's fair enough. Gosh, that's another reason why this may not happen because I'm too, it's too hard for me to, to do. So, okay. So now what about you? Like uh, we talked about what happened emotionally. Was it, is this like something that made you happy? It made you uh, sad or made you fulfilled or? I'm content yeah, you know, I don't walk around the house fist pumping that I'm eating like you know somewhat less meat. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's a decision based on, as you said, values. I think it's better for me and better for the world that I eat less meat because you know, eating too much red meat is provenly bad for you, and ca- cattle farming is is not an environmentally friendly process. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'd say a, a warm, fuzzy glow of contentment is what's going on. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're joking about you and Dan Pink and not that big of a deal, but I'm trying to get different accurate stories for people who are listening that it's not all the same. It's not going to be like fist pumping all the time. Some people did have effects like that. Some people have effects of like, I didn't like it. That's rare. There's only one person so far who's had that, but it's been there. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give you a Disney whitewash sit here, but I think for a lot of people, like maybe they're viewing this as a big deal and maybe seeing that it does, maybe it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, you know, I think it depends. I think almost anything is possible if you build the structures around you to, to give you the best chance of success. So to, your, to, the, to what we were talking about earlier on, whatever the challenge is that you choose to take on, because you've listened to Josh's uh, podcast, make it a challenge that you've got a good chance of actually completing. So you've got enough motivation. You've got some sort of external reason why you're doing it. It's not just for you. You've built it into a habit so you know how to 
structure your day, you create an environment that gives you a better chance of doing it and a better chance of you not falling off the wagon, whatever your wagon happens to be. And, you know, if it matters enough and you help yourself by building in some of those disciplines around, this helps me build and start and keep and sustain a habit, then you're in with a chance. All right. You just gave, you just laid down a lot of solid stuff about habit formation. Should people, okay, they're going to go over and rewind and listen to that several times. Can they also pick up a book or a resource from you to, to get that solid? Well, so I have a book a couple of years old called The Coaching Habit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so obviously people can pick that up from Amazon for 10 bucks or maybe a couple of bucks more than that. And the first chapter, in fact, is kind of my encapsulation of all the latest science around habit building. And there are five or six disciplines that help you build better, better habits. So certainly that. If you're like, I like Michael, but 12 bucks, that just feels outrageous. If you go to thecoachinghabit.com, so that's a website dedicated to the book, thecoachinghabit.com, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see that there's an invitation to download the first three chapters of the book. That's like the first uh, 30% maybe. Um, And so you get that first chapter, which is about habit building for free. So if you want to do that, you can do that as well. All right. So everyone should start by rewinding and listening a few times, download the chapters and then read the whole book. (laughs) Perfect. So I'm sensitive to your time and you just gave a message to readers. I mean, before the book of, of like how, of not readers, but listeners, well, hopefully readers soon too. Yeah. Actually, before wrapping up with that, I want to ask, uh, since it generally went well, are you thinking about doing something more? Would that, is that like, if something went well, small, maybe it'll go even better, bigger. Uh, so I'm going to say not yet. So we're, we're only a month into this less meat piece and I And one of the things I know about habit building is don't try and take on too much at one time, you know, like I said before. So what I'm committed to do is kind of get this into our bones and into our rhythm about how we work. Mm -hmm. And then we might stop and reflect and go, so what, what next, what's the next thing we do that uh, reduces our, our footprint on this planet. So I invite you, it's up to you, but if something like that comes up, I'd love to hear and make that available to listeners. So if, 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 If it's not, you know, keep it private if you want. But if, you, if you're up for sharing, let me know. Okay. And then to wrap up, are any messages to any other messages to the listeners of what worked, what didn't work, or what you want to share or anything like that? Well, I think it's a great question to ask, which is what your podcast provokes in me, Josh, which is around, so what's the battle that you think is worth fighting for? And I will say, Josh, you know, when you ask, so what's the next thing? One of the things that I've got conscious of over the, over the holiday break is the issue about disposable plastic, you know, just how many water bottles end up in the dumps and then in the waters and they break down and become tiny bits of plastic. And that might be something for me. I'm trying to find those causes, those things that kind of make me go, I, I don't want to just intellectually get that. I want to kind of physically have a reaction to it and I need to do something about it. So I think to the people listening in for for whatever this is worth, it's like, it's worth picking a cause. It's worth making sure you're picking a cause that actually means something to you. So start with a meaning, start with, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Let's wrap up there. And I look forward to meeting next time we were in the same city or something like that. And then if you have a new challenge that you, if you, if you are for sharing, I'd love to hear back about it. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me back. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Again, 
Success involved turning the community, what often creates problems. A lot of people out there are saying, if I do X, but other people don't, it doesn't matter what I do. Well, he turned his community into a teammate, in this case, his wife. And the story, again, is that it's not that big of a deal. He could have done this a long time before, but he did it. And what the result was for him personally, he felt warm and fuzzy. So you can probably do this. If you think I should only do big things, it's hard to do the big things if you haven't done the small things, if they're getting in the way. Or from another perspective, doing the small things enables doing the big things. So I want to reiterate, he has great experience on habit building. In editing this, I listened to this many, many times. And I have to say the part just before where I say, wait, you just said a whole lot and I get him to tell about the books. I recommend listening to that part over and over again because it's got a lot of value in it. Well, you can get the books too. So I recommend taking on a personal challenge to enable you to do the small things and then the big things. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse. And living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.